The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy, And welcome again to today's show. Thank you for joining us. Today I have a very special guest with us, and I know you're going to enjoy hearing from Michelle Savacco, a New Thought Minister from North Carolina. But before we get into all that, let me just remind you of how to get a hold of me if you need to. Uh, feedback, comments, criticism is fine too, <laughs> whatever you like. You can find me at www.thedivineiswithinus.com, also on Facebook, The Divine Is Within Us. Or Gmail, the divine is within us at gmail.com. So feel free to send me your comments. I deeply appreciate all the thoughts and the insights that many of you have sent to me, telling me your personal stories and others, and I just want you to know I'm here to do everything I can to support you in your journey and moving from beyond religion. Your life is waiting. And you know, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Michelle is a good friend. I've known her for a while and never met you, though, have I, Michelle? No, not yet. <laughs> well, we're, all my audience is about to meet you as well. But anyway, someday maybe we'll meet in person. But that one would day. Be nice. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said that would be nice. Okay. Well, I was talking with Michelle and getting ready for the show, and she asked me the question What do you think most people. Uh, think about when they think about moving beyond religion and being in that place between religion and whatever the next step is. For so many people, it's either religion or it's atheism. Yeah, leave your religion, there's no other choice but atheism. And Michelle and I both know that that is simply not the truth. And we're going to be talking about that today. What are all the kinds of possibilities for you, my friends, my listeners, well, as you leave or have chosen to leave, or some of you will yet choose to leave, the religion that has been wounding and harmful, what does it look like for you to look at the rest of your life and the choices that you have to make? So, Michelle Savacco from North Carolina, a New Thought minister. Michelle, my first question, and I'm sure everybody else's question is, what in the world does New Thought mean? Well, um... Basically, in one short sentence, it's uh, new thoughts or probably more accurately resurfacing thoughts about ancient wisdom. And to expand on that a bit, new thought is a movement that first started developing in the mid to latter part of the 1800s, and it's a new um, 
term that's used like as, as an umbrella for movements that are actually within the movement, such as unity, which has been my primary path for almost 29 years. It also includes the Centers for Spiritual Living, which some people may know as religious science and science of mind, who have combined. Uh, there is Agape International, there's spiritual leader, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith, who's very well known, divine science, and more. And in most cases, the teachings bridge Eastern and Western philosophies and paths. Okay. So you're saying, I find something very interesting there, you said you're a new thought minister, but you're dealing with ancient wisdom. I love that. <laughs> because mm-hmm. for me, the the Western world especially has lost so much. Most of the Western Christianity, for example, has lost almost totally everything that Yeshua or Jesus taught. They, mm-hmm. There's a, re, a religion called Christianity, which is has come and come along and been developed for the last seventeen hundred years. But when you say new thought goes back to ancient wisdom, is that mostly related to the ancient Eastern thought? Well, it's a a combination of Eastern and Western, actually. And um, coming from the Eastern and and in terms of Yeshua, as as you mentioned, some people will say that um, parts of New Thought, such as Unity and Divine Science, take it back to, like, first century Christianity, before all the dogma and all the creeds were all developed and all of the man-made rules. And um, it's, it's interesting that, well, the thing that differentiates it, and I have to tell you, often even though both unity and divine science are kind of grounded in practical positive Christianity, but it's done in a way, the reason that it's practical and it's positive is we are focusing on things that Jesus actually said, was known to, to have said. And it's positive in terms of that it includes a lot of spiritual or universal laws. And they're things that we incorporate into our lives. And um, so rather than them being religions, it's more of a way of life. Right. I love how you say that because in my studies of the Aramaic language with Jesus' native tongue, for the last 15 years now, the one thing that I realized, I think before anything else, was suddenly dealing with the Aramaic. I was working with something that I had to practice and apply and, and live it if I were going to be able to understand it. And, mm-hmm. and I like I like the way you say that because the Christianity and its dogma, mostly formulated by the Nicene Creed and some of the early church fathers, left Jesus in the dust of history. And I like the way you say that because Jesus always, Yeshua, rather always taught to live it, to practice it, to apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and in New Thought, is these. Um, Teachings and science are compatible, yes. which to me was an important thing. And I'm, you know, one of the least scientific people probably that you'll ever meet, but I do, you know, find it credible when when they, you know, prove things. 
and that it doesn't mean I'm going to understand how it works or how it operates. I know if I flip the switch, the electricity is going to come on, but I have no idea what those workings are behind it. I just know that's how it works. And so to me, you know, I really enjoy um, and appreciate that it's like science and spirituality working together. Right. Well, let's move on then from the from the trying to describe new thought. We can add more thoughts later. But sure. the, the question for you that I have now that is, okay, beyond religion, and you brought up the question about that, if someone came to you and said, I'm moving beyond religion, now what? What is the first things that you would say to them? Well, like you said earlier, I have found in conversation with a lot of people that they don't realize that there is any other choice but being atheist. Or sometimes um, there'll be somebody that thinks there's this space in between, and that would be to be agnostic, which allows for neither having faith or a disbelief in God. Mm-hmm. But I think there are other choices, such as being on the spiritual path. And, you know, when it really comes to mind, there's a, a lot of people now in discussion, that, and you just keep hearing this phrase over and over, I'm spiritual, not religious. I'm spiritual, mm-hmm. not religious. Right. So then, you know... So to me, when when I saw the title of your program, Beyond Religion, I thought, well, what is beyond religion? And personally, for me, what was beyond religion ended up being a spiritual path. And it wasn't something that I just, like, immediately jumped into. It took me years on a quest to really land in something that felt like it was a good fit. But I think it's important that people do understand that, you don't have to be bound by a religion and all these rules and stuff, that there are other paths to take that are fulfilling. That's exactly right. I'm so glad you say it that way, because for me, religion is to be bound up in following somebody else's set of rules or mm-hmm. somebody else, somebody else's beliefs or what the church or whatever group has decided right. this is really important, so do that. Well, and that kind of speaks to, um, you know, I'll have people periodically will say, well, how do you define religious in versus spiritual? You know, what makes one a religion and the other thing spiritual? So I've kind of, you know, clarified it for myself, and I have my own definitions, which may not be everybody's definition, but it's like, okay, well, this is what works for me, and if it works for you, you're welcome to it, too. So, um, you know, if you want, I can share with you how I separate kind of the two and how Mm -hmm. I define them. Good. Well, I would ask you to do some of that uh, along the way here on this show if if you feel it's an appropriate thing. But I, I really want our listeners to hear as well what Michelle just said is you do not have to follow anyone. You are the divine in human form. And you get to choose your path. So please do not follow me. I know Michelle would say the same thing. Don't follow her. We're all learning. But the beauty of it all is you get to choose and find the meaning that really fits with your experience. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
So what kind of spiritual practices then are more important to you than dogma? Well, they're the things that I call um, spiritual principles or universal principles. Uh, One example of that would be the law of reciprocity or as you give, you receive. Now, for someone who's not faith-based, In social psychology, this is defined as responding to a positive action with another positive action. Mm -hmm. And like I said a little while ago, I love when science and spirituality complement each other. To me, that's part of what makes it universal. And so as a universal law, we believe that everything is energy. So whatever energy you're putting out is what you're going to get back. It's kind of like a boomerang effect. Mm -hmm. And in addition to these definitions, we can also find wisdom teachings that support the law. First, as an example from Christianity, because there are a lot of people that, you know, grew up in that path. One of my favorites is from Luke 6.38. Given, it'll be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Again, it's what you give, you receive. And then from Buddhism, they have the law of karma that says for every event that occurs, there will follow another event whose existence was caused by the first. And the second event will be pleasant or unpleasant, according to as its cause, with skillful or unskillful. And you notice they don't say good, bad, and define in that way, which to me is an important thing when you say skillful or unskillful, or you might substitute use or misuse, because there are a lot of people that try to use principles but they don't really have a good understanding of how they work, and so they might end up misusing it instead. And it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong or that you've done anything bad. It just means that you need more practice or maybe a little bit more understanding of what you're doing. Exactly. And then right. along the same lines is probably the one that's the most known that we refer to as the golden rule, do unto others. Every path that's considered to be a major world religion, as sure, um, you know, I think probably most minor ones, too, if not all, have something in their wisdom teachings that applies to the golden rule. And then there's the universal law of what you plant, you reap. Mm -hmm. And if you're planting seeds, if you just throw them out there, you may grow something, maybe not. It'll depend on if the seeds get enough water, sun, or whatever makes them grow. However, if you tend the seeds and you do that in a way that's balanced and not give them too much water and just the right amount of light and stuff, then you'll grow whatever you've planted. Well, your thoughts are like those seeds. If you don't tend them, they may take because, you know, sometimes you go out there and you'll see where this, flowers just coming up between the cracks in the concrete. Mm -hmm. You know, you've probably seen pictures on the Internet. There's a thing that's also called collective consciousness. Like I said before, this is all energy 
that's going out there. And when we have that collective energy, there may be some other things that are taking that you really don't expect. Right. But if you do nurture that in a balanced way, you have the thought and then you have a feeling. And then based on the feeling that you have, you're either going to take action or speak or not, depending on what it is. But when you have everything working together to support that thought, that's what I call being divinely aligned. Okay. And that's when you really start to move those mountains and do those things greater that we were told that we had that capability of doing. Right. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're religious or even if you feel like you're being spiritual, it works because it's a universal law. Yes. And a universal law is something that works for everybody all the time, no matter what, no matter where. And to me, it was very important to come in contact and, and into awareness. Um, I think I had shared with you once before. Michelle? Michelle, yes. I need to interrupt yes. you. Well, it's time okay. to take a break right now, so hold that thought, and we'll be right back. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. This is Jim Stacy back with you for our next segment with Michelle Savaco a new thought minister from North Carolina. Michelle, I had to interrupt you a few minutes ago, but you go right ahead and say more about what you were saying. Okay, thank you. Um, We were talking about universal law, and I realized that there may be people that are listening that aren't really familiar with what the term is and what exactly that might mean. And for me, this going back in, in my journey, I was growing up during the time that there was Vatican II. Mm -hmm. And I realized at that point, 
as things were changing, like the way Mass was being done, the priest started facing the congregation, started saying it in English instead of in Latin. And that, and I'm not really sure. I think sometimes the Latin was actually better. And, you know, how often we ate fish and things like that. And when these changes took place, even at 12, 13 years old, I thought, well, these are all man-made rules. These are yes. all things that are subject to change any time. Yes. There's got to be more than that. There's got to be something that sets a foundation, that's something that you can live with that at that time, as a young teenager or preteen, I called God-made rules. And so when I talk about um, universal or spiritual laws, that's what I'm referring to. I'm talking to the, about those things that it doesn't matter what path you're on or if you're not on any path at all. If yes. you're a humanist, if you're an atheist, it's still going to work that as you give, you receive. Yes. I love that. I, that's, I'm, I'm going to have to quote you sometime in the future. <laughs> but yes, that's so true. I, I look at a lot of people that have you know, gone to the, the atheist route, and, and I totally understand. And what I've told so many of them is, you know, if, if I had to believe in the God of the Old Testament, and I just did three shows on that, but if I had to believe in that kind of God, then I'm an atheist too. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus, Yeshua said, the kingdom of heaven is within. And what I'm hoping to share uh, with my atheist friends as I keep living, is, you know, you can go inside because that's the last place you might think to look for the divine. Right. And, There's actually either a Buddhist or Hindu story about the gods hiding uh -huh. your divinity and yeah. saying, you know, where are we going to put it? And, and somebody says, let's put it inside them. They're not going to think <laughs> to look there. I didn't know that, but yes. I had a friend years ago who uh, led workshops, and he used to say that it was hard to figure out just what he thought was real and not real. But he said, you know, if this thing we call God we're going to hide, wouldn't it be interesting if, if God would hide inside the human? Because that's mm -hmm. the last place we'd think to look. <laughs> but uh, it is what Yeshua taught. The kingdom of heaven is within you. So I want to go back just a little bit. And okay. as mentioned something about, you said there, people need to understand that there's no good and bad. There's no uh, record of mistakes to keep account of. And that, that's so, so vastly true. We have been so set up by the, the religions of today, the patriarchal religions especially, of Judaism and Christianity and Islam, that... There are these terrible things called mistakes, and we're going to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, Jesus, Yeshua, never, ever taught that. Every place you find him, say, and you look in the Bible, and you see he, he's supposed to be saying the word evil, uh, it's not evil at all. The Aramaic word is unripe. Mm -hmm. we're, e we're either ripe or we're unripe. And if we're not ripe, he says, then embrace the ripening process and become right. riper. <laughs> I think well, that's what you're saying. And I look saying. at a word like evil, and if I look at that backwards, it's live. Mm -hmm. And so to me, whatever is appearing to be evil is a matter of living backwards. 
and living backwards <laughs> is living out of alignment with principle. Yes. What would you? How would you define that principle? Well, the the principle, you know, it, principles are many, but the main principle that I'm speaking of is the 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 principle that basically is universal mind, universal intelligence, God, you know, whatever. It's got so mm-hmm. many different names, including right. my my. I have a personal God that I call Howard um, <laughs> because when I was little, I I needed to have a personal God, and I do still sometimes, but I took it from our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name, and started calling Howard, and and it just kind of stuck. The principle to me, though, is the principle of love. Uh That that is the, if you've got love, you have got everything else covered. And to me, God is love. Yes. And if we're truly created in that image and likeness, as we've been told that we are, then that means we're also love, and our purpose is to express love. Yes. I say to many people, in fact, one of the three most key principles in the Aramaic is what uh, is called the Iyanana Rachma, and translated into, I choose to be unconditional love for everyone. So, what I say is that, yes, you're exactly right, but we need to connect with love. And how do I do that? Do I sit around expecting it to happen? But no, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, what you put out, you receive back. And what Yeshua taught was, as we commit to be and to live the energies of unconditional love, that same kind of love will come back to us. And the... The principle that I like to connect with is that through being love and receiving love, we are beginning to experience divine connection. How would you relate to that? Well, I think it is through, I mean, you have to be and you have to do in order to have the experience. um, You can just sit. And but even in that, you're you're still doing something. Yes, yes. So we find ourselves. And, so- and one of the principles um, that I have, like five basic principles that are part of um, my path. And the fifth one of those is that it's not enough to know the truth, and that's truth with the capital T, those unchanging things that I was just talking about that work for everybody all the time, that it's not enough to just know that. You have to put the feet on it. You have to yeah. live it. Yes. And, and you brought up, you mentioned unconditional love, and that's something that, that's always kind of just irked me a little bit, because mm-hmm. to me, it's either love or it's not. Mm-hmm. It's either love, or once you start putting any conditions on it, then it's something that's trying to masquerade as love. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yes. Totally agree, and I think that's one of the most difficult insights uh, that uh, people, how, how should I say it, that they're missing. Uh, because love, well, and of course in the Greek New Testament, you have the three different kinds of love, the phileo, the agape, and the eros. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, 
uh, love is that way. If we're going to really be it, let's be it. Let's not short-circuit it. Let's not just be satisfied with a little bit of it because you're absolutely right. It's either love completely or it really can't be called that. Right. And just for clarification, loving everybody doesn't mean that you're going to accept everything that everyone says or does and that you don't have any boundaries. What it means, though, is that you understand that you're all worthy, that you've all been created by that same source, by whatever name you call it. There's, you know, the um, we may we may have come from stardust. The some people believe it's Adam and Eve. Whatever it is that you believe, we're all part of that whole. Yes. And so, when I love you. That means that I recognize that we are all a part of each other, all a part of that. And I honor that spark of divinity in me. Again, if we're created by the divine, by whatever name, we've got to have that spark of divinity in us. And I salute that in you. It's essentially the same as when people say namaste. Or in some of the past where they'll say, I behold the Christ in you. It's that spark of divinity that that we honor. It doesn't mean, though, that we're just going to be doormats and that we're not going to have any boundaries or anything, but we honor that in each other. And when it comes to other faith paths and religions, I know everybody's on you know, where they're supposed to be on their journey at their level of awareness and understanding. And if what you're doing is working for you, that's wonderful, as long as you're not hurting or trying to hurt somebody else in the process. And through that process of the path that we're walking, whatever it is, we are going to be learning and growing and understanding more and more. And isn't that the point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're constantly evolving. Change is probably the only constant. You know, they, they say all the time, I can remember when I was growing up, my mom had a sign that said the only things you can count on are death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And then when I got old enough to understand, I thought, and change. You and can change. count on change. <laughs> you've heard, yeah, you've heard and of... it's like everybody knows it, but does it mean that we enjoy it? Not necessarily. Exactly. But you've heard of Bruce Lee, the famous martial artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my favorite quote of his, and he had a lot of them, but he said one day, to change with change is the changeless state. Ah. Uh. In other words, he's, if you just keep changing and keep changing, you'll never have to change. And I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I want to go back and ask but you I know, question. you know, I'm, I'm sure the same is true for you as for me. There are things that you could ask me about now that there might be something that I, you know, I haven't changed my mind about at all, but other things that I'm like at the totally different end of the spectrum now than I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago in my understanding. It, it's constantly evolving and growing. If not... You know, it's kind of like that lotus that, you know, and you don't want to be just like stuck in the mud and and not develop and and unfold and stuff. 
Right. I really like what you're saying. And I want to go back to one thing just for a couple of minutes. We've got just uh, three or four minutes to break time here. But we talked about religion being beliefs and committing ourselves to beliefs in the head. But you're talking about spirituality as being the practice of loving. And so many times for me, religion is to be a member of something and to be a follower. And there's always the external focus. But to me, uh-huh. spir- spirituality is, and in, as we've been talking, it's internal. And it is. A phrase I'd like to ask you about is something I've mentioned many times about living in the question, living in the place where I'm ongoing, experiencing an ongoing exploration for what is truth. Talk to me just a couple minutes about how you see living in the question. Well... Oh, quite a while ago, somebody had said, and it really resonated with me, that the questions are much more important sometimes than the answers. Yes. And I think that's very true. I'm, I'm constantly filled with questions. And one of the frustrating things to me about some of the mainstream paths was that when I would ask a question, I would get told that, well, that's part of the mystery. Or it wasn't up to us to question. This is the way it is. You know, you just go with that. But what I learned, and one of the things that I really appreciate about being on a spiritual path is that you have this freedom to question all of the time, and the the reality is that the answers to those questions are within you. Yeah. You may go, you know, you read a book, you may have somebody say something that's exactly what you need to hear, um, you know, and be guided to those different sources and stuff like that. But the reality is that you've got those answers within you. Yes. It all starts with that. Well, in some of the questions, you know, I got to the point in my life when I was in my mid-30s where I was just like, there's got to be more than this. I had explored several different paths at that time, had gone back to the Catholic Church for several years, and, you know, I, I found when I would ask, um, for example, before communion, everybody would say together very rotely, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And right. I was like, all of a sudden one day I was like, I'm not worthy? What do you mean yeah. I'm not worthy? Uh-huh. Exactly. That is not the message that Jesus gives, that we're not that's worthy. exactly and, right. But it, when I would question it, my response would be, well, I don't know, I never really thought about it. <laughs> they, you know, and I would think, oh my gosh, you've been saying these prayers for years and you've never given them any thought. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, really got me to the point where I was like, there's got to be more than this. Yes. And I, I found it to be so empowering to find out that anything that I needed to know Ultimately, I could find that answer within. Sometimes the answer within was go to this person, go to this book, or whatever. But ultimately, everything was, you know, go within. Everything that you need is within you. The love that you look for is within you. 
The Michelle, it's time, time for another break. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> but we need to take a break and then we get into the last segment. And i got a few more questions for you. So we'll be okay. right back. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So I've been talking with Michelle Savacco, and I hope that you all are enjoying her input as I am. To wonder as I wander is one of my favorite phrases. To walk this path of questioning that Michelle has been talking about. To not have to have the answers. To not live with the pressure of, I've got to have this, and then rigidly hold on to something that maybe really isn't true. But we get to wonder, hmm, I wonder about this. I wonder about that. Is this true? Is that true? But then as we live our lives and make choices, we find out what works and what doesn't work. It's okay to wander around, wondering, and keep learning and growing. That spiritual path of questions always, experiencing what comes to us, choosing from that, and then choosing how we're going to live the rest of our lives. So, Michelle, we've been talking about beliefs and religion and spirituality and all kinds of issues. So, one question I would have for you at this point is, so, if I came to you and said, Michelle... What does it mean to live a spiritual life? What would you tell me? Um, in a nutshell, for me, it's the awareness of God's presence all the time. And when I say God, you know, you can put whatever name you want to in that. But that it's a presence that's everywhere, in everyone, in everything, all the time. So no matter what the appearance is, we look for God in that experience. So, for example, my least favorite job going back about 30 years now was cleaning our toilets. And then I read about a Christian mystic named Brother Lawrence who'd been looking forward to going to a monastery and living a prayerful life, and they put him to work in the kitchen peeling potatoes. 
Well, he decided if this is what he had to do, then he was going to find God in that, and ended up uh, making it his mission, and then, um, you know, wrote a book about practicing the presence of God. But after I read about that, then I made the commitment to see God in swabbing out the commodes. And it was amazing how once I kind of connected with it, that probably sounds really weird, but once I could do that, then, you know, it didn't bother me anymore. I didn't resent it or anything. And I often tease now because I I write songs. And every once in a while I'm saying, I'm going to write a song about how I saw God and it was the Tidy Bowl Man, which, (laughs) you know, if, if you're anywhere close to it, our ages, you'll understand that reference. (laughs) But I also think it's important to note that spirituality isn't a one-size-fits-all. There are principles and laws that work for everyone, whether you know that they are or not. Like gravity is a Mm -hmm. universal law, and it's going to work whether or not you understand it. Mm-hmm. And we all evolve at our own pace. The, you know, I think we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, but right. I'm not you know, all about uh, let's evolve, let's ascend. I, I think that we're here also to be fully human and have that human experience, so I don't want to negate that at all. So what you're really saying is... We can look for the divine in all of our experiences. And because the divine is within, the divine is always with us. And we're part of Mm -hmm. that. Whether it's the toilet or the sunset, the divine is still within. I think, and that's such a key point that you bring up, that we don't have to be some kind of specially holy people to have a connection with the divine. We just have to be real. Mm-hmm. We just have to be honest. We have to keep asking questions. We don't have to sit piously on a church pew and saying some kind of prayers or acting like we're holy and pious or whatever. It, we don't have to do any of that because it's all internal. And I like how you say that. So, Well, and it, it's a constant presence whether we ask for that presence to be there or not. It's there. Yes. It's just a matter of us being aware of it and feeling that connection. Or, or, or choosing to be aware in any given moment. Right. Right. So, oh, wow, there's so many questions. Uh, so it's not really attachments to the physical world around us, but it's for me, it's seeing through and beyond the physical world to all the things that are most real. How would you talk, what were your thoughts about that? Well, you know, there's that old saying, you can't take it with you. (laughs) And uh, there is a lot to be said for non-attachment. They, as the Buddhists teach, you know, it's through our attachments that we end up becoming miserable a lot of times, whether it's attachments to people, relationships, objects, or whatever. And it, you know, behooves us to to kind of simplify. Yes. Well, so often that's exactly what is going on. And it's just like, well, if you've heard of Paramahansa Yogananda and his book, mm-hmm. 
I've uh, been reading yes. some of that lately, and he founded the Self-Realization Fellowship out in Encinitas, uh, California, and he talks so beautifully about attachments in, in his books, and I, I just love how he expresses it. But yes, we can be attached to it. Mostly, we, we're attached to the things that we see, the things we can feel, the things mm-hmm. we can detect with our senses, the five senses. And yet, he writes so deeply about in meditation and in going to that place of silence inside that we can find and experience a very real and blissful and powerful connection with the divine But we have to close our eyes to all the things that are around us, both committing to own and to have or letting things own us. And we have to take time, set it aside, and go within. Talk to me about that. Well, and I think a lot of times, unfortunately, what, what it really boils down to is that I like nice things. I like pretty things. But they can also be a distraction. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about going within and getting to know ourselves. And the fact is that the more time and attention you're putting on other people, other things, and stuff like that, that's time that you don't have to go within and get to know yourself. And part of spirituality, to, to me, the most important aspect, actually, to me, is that encouragement of going in and getting to know ourselves, that old to thine own self be true. Because so many of us were formed as we were growing up. What we think, what we believe, what we say, what we do are all products of what other people expected of us and told us to do, that we don't really get to authentically be ourselves. And so now we have that opportunity as we go within and get to know ourselves to really be And I wonder sometimes why it is that more of us, I include myself, why why we didn't learn some of this sooner, why we didn't understand more quickly that to take time out and detach ourselves from the physical realities and find the, the depths inside. And I know that the answer to that is simply because we weren't told. We, were, we didn't know. And or the, there's another saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yes. And so for many of us, including myself, they, even though you know, I, I started getting acquainted with these teachings in my mid-30s, and I would say, oh my gosh, why couldn't I have found this when I was 20? The reality was probably that I wasn't ready on some yeah. level. I think that's a very important insight, and yet sometimes, it, at least looking at my own life, I think I was ready, but I didn't know how, and, mm-hmm. and yet maybe I wasn't ready because that insight didn't come until I was. So somewhere in there, yes, that, that is true. If well, the we how want- is an important point you know, that you're bringing up. You've got to have tools. And you've got to know how to use the tools, and you have to be using the right tools. Right. So you probably had to, you know, wait until you started becoming more aware of and familiar with these things and how to use them. Okay, right. One of my favorite songs, (laughs) I 
have a couple of CDs that I listen to a lot when I'm driving. And the one guy sings a song. I don't know the, the particular CD doesn't give the artist names, and I don't even have all the words. But he sings about, I've been realizing that uh, I have not been, or I bought this ticket, he said, but I've only been watching half of the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that many times. I say, wow, isn't that the truth? We bought this ticket, this ticket to come here to be alive, but are we only seeing half the show, the physical uh, world uh, around us? And what about the other part of the show? And that's what well, you're not only about. that, but there's an awful lot of people that just seem to be drifting through life, focused on just getting by so that at some point they can leave and go to heaven. Yeah. Yes. rather than really embracing this human experience and the gifts that we've been given with our senses and, and stuff like that. And taking yes. time to watch a little ant at work, you know, and, and there's just so much. Yes. I, uh, boy, I almost said don't get me started <laughs> because, <laughs> because I grew up that way. You know, don't pay attention to life around you. Do the best you can here, there, whatever. But most important is make sure that you're ready for heaven. And, mm-hmm. and wait a minute. What about in life? In the meantime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and in the meantime, heaven is right here, well, right now. Mm-hmm. Can be. And I like the movie. If you ever saw it, called Heaven Can Wait. Uh huh. It is yeah, a, a powerful, powerful movie. About uh, this guy that fell in love with this with this woman, and instead of uh, I forget the exact details now, but instead of saying, "Well, I want to get out of here," no, heaven can wait. I want to be in love, and Mm -hmm. and I I know what that's like. And now that I found my Marie out in California, I I know that personally. And uh, so we have to be ready to live life, yes, and experience it all, and learn from it all. We, need, we get to make choices, and we learn from our mistakes, and we make a better choice, and we learn from that, and we keep going and keep going until we find ourselves in a much more beautiful place than ever before. Does that mm-hmm. sound accurate? Yes, and, and I'm glad you mentioned mistakes, which we touched on a little bit earlier, mistakes and misuse, because one of the important ways to get to know yourself is to allow yourself to get in touch with what's being called our shadow selves, those parts of us that we don't really want to let out and let other people see and because we'd like them to think that we're perfect or we're just ashamed of something. Everybody has done something that they, you know, if they could do it again, they would probably do differently. But there's been so much made out of sin and people being sinners in the context that that's put into now. When, you know, if people just knew that sin was actually an archery term that simply meant missing the mark. Yes, exactly. Everybody misses the mark. Yes. You, and you know, know what sometimes and yes you know what it says in the aramaic we just throw this in when the very same context of you know like an archer missing the target what's the best way for the archer to hit the target but to come closer and mm-hmm. the aramaic virtue says you think god is far away the divine is far away come closer there's no the, the so-called sin is being too far away and we, we can choose otherwise 
Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have about two and a half minutes or so left here. So give me just a summary of what you're talking about here, and uh, we're going to have to have another show as soon as we can. But you're okay. talking about sh- the shadow and a couple things. So about a minute and a half left. If you go ahead. Yeah. Well, basically, I guess just staying al- al- along those lines that it's um, you know just allow yourselves to get in touch with the shadows, that there's a lot of people that say, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. That's all negative, and we should be focusing on just the positive. But I think it's been found over, you know, the course of lifetimes that when you keep those things suppressed or you're in denial about them, that it can result in illness on on some level. And you also realize that, your mistakes play an important part in shaping who you are. I know they have for me. Everything yes. that I've been through, when it comes time for Thanksgiving, I give thanks for everything and everybody that's come into my life, the yes. coming and the going, because I know it's all contributed to who yes. I am and what I do today. Right. You know, real soon I'm going to have a show that's completely on the idea of gratitude walking in gratitude. So right now, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. You can reach Michelle if you'd like to get a hold of her at michellesavacoministries.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-S-E-V-A-C-K-O. And we're out of time. Thank you, Michelle. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.